Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. Welcome to another edition of Behind the U. And on this episode, we go behind the U with former Hurricane basketball player Bruce Brown. Bruce now playing in the NBA for the Brooklyn Nets. Bruce, welcome to Behind the U. How are you doing? Good. I'm happy to be here. Haven't seen my guys in a minute. (laughs) Great to see you once again. What's life been like for you in the NBA? It's been good. I can't complain. Was in Detroit now, being in Brooklyn, um, two different situations. But I'm happy to be here, happy to be with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, great situation for me. So it's been it's been really good. What is the lifestyle like, game after game, travel, practice? How intense is the NBA lifestyle? First year, you got to get used to it because we're constantly on the road. You have back-to-backs. Uh, it's 82 games. College, you only have like 30-something. So uh, the back-to-backs really hurt. You got to get used to those. Use the cold tub. And then we fly out right after games. We'll go home on that part. That's kind of like college, fly out right after games. But really, it's a huge thing was really the back-to-backs for me. I had to get really used to those. How about the fact that it's a job? When did it hit you that, gee, they say practice is 9 a.m., they really mean 8 a.m. And if they say practice ends at 2, they really mean 4. When did you figure out, man, this is a job? My rookie year, first day. I was a young guy, so I got there really early. If practice was at 12, I'll get there at 8. I'll have, like, workouts, individual workouts, go over the offensive plays um, with the other young guys. And then we have practice for, like, two hours, depending on when the vets come in. And then after practice, you don't want to be the first one off the floor, especially being a young guy. You got to work on your game, um, show them that you're working. So you got to be out there before and after for at least an hour, hour and a half. Bruce played for the University of Miami from 2016 to the end of the 2018 season, averaged 11.7 points per game. How did playing for the University of Miami, and in particular for Coach L, prepare you for the NBA? He made it easy. They taught the same, same concepts defensively, offensively. It's all pick and roll usually uh, when I ran the one. And the terminology exactly the same. So it was an easy adjustment for me to come being, being a defender in the NBA and in college, it was easy adjustment for me to go out there and play right away. Coach L loves to teach. He loves to educate. He mm-hmm. did a lot of that in his pregame meetings. How about just the talks, the meetings, uh, the things that he discussed with you and your teammates before games? How how did that impact your career? It was huge, man, because Coach L is all about confidence and giving his guys the green light. Um, you can go to him and talk about anything on the floor. If you see something – He'll talk to you about it. If he sees the same thing, he gives you the go. But me out there, he gave me the ultimate green. And I I went out there and, and tried to do my best out on the floor for the guys, for the team. Um, and I, I did pretty well. Coach L doesn't baby his players, right? I mean, he has a certain expectation. Attitude mm-hmm. is very important. But he treats you like a man and wants you to become a better man. 
Yeah, you got to earn everything from from Coach L. He got to see you working, see you uh, working on the shots that you want to take in the game. So, yeah, if you're in the gym, it's definitely a, a, a good guy for him. Bruce Brown was drafted 42nd overall in the 2018 NBA draft. Draft night comes along. What was that like for you and your family? It was a good day. I was super nervous. Uh, I didn't know where I was going to go on draft night. They said my range was between 15 and 35, but they tell that to like 20 players. So you really don't never know. And then after like the 25th, 20th, after like the 30th, 35th pick, I never, I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know if I was going to get drafted. It was a lot of up and downs. It was good to see Lonnie go early. But yeah, it was really tough. And then finally, Detroit called me at 42, and I was just super ecstatic, and my family was crying, so it was cool. For a parent, there's no greater joy than watching their kids participate, whether it's in the school play or in college basketball. What kind of impact did that night have on your family? Um, my mom actually pulled me to the side and was like, I seen the work that you put in, I seen the hours you put in the gym, the sacrifices you've made for us and this family. Um, and she was just super proud of me. And my dad was there too. Um, so it was actually a great night because both my parents were together for the first time in a setting for a while after their divorce and were really cordial. So it was a huge night for me getting drafted and for my family. Divorce is always tough on kids. How was it for you? It was super tough because they got divorced when I was in third grade. And I was like really, I was really a, a father's child. He did everything, like play basketball, took me to the parks and everything. Uh, so once they separated and went their ways, I would live with my mom um, and became a mama's boy after that. So it was super tough at a young age, but both my parents were there for, for uh, every step of the way. Was your dad a little bit of a sort of a coach for you uh, when it came to basketball? Did he did he give you some of the moves? Yeah, my dad was kind of a he, – he's my dad's 5'10". He was just really athletic. I don't know how he became 6'4", 6'5". But my dad was the type, like, if I was playing basketball, my brother's out on the on the side of the house. We had a, a hoop, and I would go to him crying. I'm like, Dad, like, they won't give me the ball. And he would just tell me to go take it. Uh, he wouldn't tell them to give me the ball. He said, go take it, and, and that's how you learn how to play ball. Is that where you learn how to rebound? Because one of your great skills is rebounding. I had to. I had to get the ball some way. If they missed shots, I had to go run, go get it, or I had to steal the ball from them on the defensive end. You are playing – with the Brooklyn Nets, you are playing with one of those star-studded teams, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. Do you feel pressure playing with those stars? No, not at all. Uh, I know my role. I know what I'm out there to do, uh, and I try to do that the best of my ability. Um, I know that them guys are going to put up 30, 40 a night. My role out there is to play defense, bring energy, rebound the ball, um, and then make shots when, I'm, when I have the opportunity to. I was watching you in a game a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking uh, about the game with Coach L. And I, I think it was Kevin Durant threw a, uh, a laser pass right to you at the rim. So those guys, they treat you like you are one of them. You, yeah. you are their teammate. They definitely trust me out there because they know they see the work that I put in, and they know I'm not going to do anything extra. I'm going to play within my role, and I know what I need to do out there to help them out on the floor. What makes Harden so good? He does everything. You never know. He could score the ball with the best of them. He could play. He's the point guard for us this year, and he rebounds the ball. So he could play defense also. So people don't know that. So yeah, he he really does everything out there for us. Kyrie Irving, how interesting of a person is he? He is gifted, gifted talent, scorer, leader, and just 
picking brains, the mental side of the game, he'll pull you to the side, ask you how you're doing mentally and not on the court, but mentally. Um, so sometimes you need that. Kevin Durant, I find him a fascinating player on and off the floor. What's it like to be around Kevin Durant every day? Yeah, KD is different. The way he works out on the floor, like what Draymond said, when he was working out, everything's game speed. That's literally it every day. And yeah, he's just a buck. He does everything out there for us. Great defender, scorer. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm playing with these three. It's, it's wild. <laughs> Do you feel like you have a responsibility off the floor? Maybe to your teammates, to your family. NBA lifestyle can be a lot of temptations. Do you feel like there's some kind of extra responsibility when you're away from the game? I think me, I'm pretty a laid-back guy. Um, I really just stay and play video games, talk to my family, FaceTime. And then with all COVID stuff going on, there's not much to do. We're kind of on lockdown now, so we can't really do much. So, yeah, I just stay and play video games and, and watch a lot of film. Yeah. What's your favorite video game? Right now is Madden or PGA, the PGA Tour. I just got into golfing a little bit. I'm allowed to get video games. <laughs> all I know is that I was traveling with the team one year when we were not chartering. We were at the airport, and uh, uh, the guys were playing the video games. This is well before you. And mm -hmm. I said to them, my daughter beats me all the time at all the, the auto racing games and the football games. They looked at me, and they said, dog, you got to practice when she's at school. Yeah, you got to practice. You got to get on the sticks. <laughs> got to get better. Work on your craft. <laughs> you live in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. What's that like? Brooklyn's like one of the hip places. I know it's COVID, but have you had any chance to get out in Brooklyn? Not really, because all the COVID protocols that we got going on, we really only can go from the facility, the arena, and home. We really can't be out and, yeah, and see the city at all. It's kind of tough nowadays. You are considered a very good defender. We talked about it earlier. What makes a great defender in the NBA? I watched the other game, watched the game the other night, and you had Chris Paul defending in the corner. Not only did you have him defended, he was in the fourth quarter of a game, and he's a great fourth quarter player. So what makes a great NBA defender? I think you just know tendencies. Um, and in that specific play, there was two defenders on that play. It was baseline, out of bounds, and me. Um, and I just cut off one side of the floor. He likes to get to his right hand and score the ball. So I took away his, his right hand and then he had the baseline. So it really wasn't any room for him to maneuver or do anything. So tendencies and, and just being aggressive, being a dog out there, you got to want to defend. Like you can't just wake up and be like, okay, I'm a defender today. You got to want to do that because that's a tough matchup. Like I, I had Book, Steph, I guarded some of the best players uh, out in the league right now. So you got you to gotta want to take that challenge. Okay, let me ask you this. LeBron James, mm -hmm. played against him? Yes. What was that like? Last year, was, it was tough. Um, they beat us in L.A. Um, he's just strong. He's huge. 6'8", coming down the hill. Runs super fast, but he's super smart. You can see he's reading. He knows exactly what we're going to do. He knows all our plays. He calls them up before they happen. Me being the defender, I'm trying to watch film and kind of do the same thing because I kind of throws you off. Like, dang, he already knows everything that's going on. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. The first time you face LeBron James and think to yourself, wait a minute, a year ago I was playing Florida State, and now I've got LeBron James coming down the floor. My first time playing him was last year because he was hurt my, my rookie year, and we walked out on the floor for the starting lineups. And uh, 
I was ready to jump out. It felt like I was in a 2K game. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the the lights, it was, like, in a game, it's, like, the same lighting. Um, so it's just, like, lights on the floor. And then, like, it's dark when you play the Lakers. So it's dark. Like, you can't really see in the, in the stands. Uh, so it really felt like a 2K game. It was crazy. He had been to University of Miami basketball games. Mm-hmm. Did he, did he acknowledge seen the pictures of him at the uh, facility with, like, D-Wade. Did he remember you? Oh, no, I wasn't there yet. That was the year before I came. How about when you were at UM? Were there pickup games with NBA players? Yeah, uh, John Wall was there a lot. Kyrie was there. Victor Oladipo came. There's always stars at the at the facility. But I remember Kyrie and John Wall being there a lot, and then Victor Oladipo. I want to talk to you about uh, your days at the University of Miami. But I want to bring this up, your athletic ability and stuff that you're able to do. And and maybe people can visualize this. I, I watched this firsthand. We were at the NCAA tournament getting ready to play Michigan State. We were at Tulsa in their practice facility, uh, maybe the day or two days before the game. And uh, inside the Tulsa practice facility, like others, their baskets are all around the court. And you were working on one basket. You were at the top of the key. Nobody else was around you. You took the basketball like it was a baseball, and you threw it at over the hoop at the wall behind the basket so that it would ricochet back toward you. At the same time, you ran toward the ball and leaped in midair like around the free throw line and then caught it and slam dunked it. Mm -hmm. Is that something you would do all the time? I mean, I, I watched it, and I was like, what in the world just happened here? Yeah, I do that sometimes when I like to play around when I have legs. Because people don't think I'm that athletic until you see me jump on the floor. Because I don't like – in layup lines, I don't dunk that much. Like, I, I finish around the rim. But then in the actual game, like, I like to jump it and try to dunk on people. Um, so people are surprised when I do that. Do you remember the first time you attempted that acrobatic move? It was uh, sophomore year in high school at Vermont. Really? Yeah, I threw it out, but I tried to windmill it. I used to throw the tennis ball off the wall to, you know, to practice catching fly <laughs> balls, but not to dunk the basketball. <laughs> you remember the first time you dunked in a game? First time, I want to say it was like an A. Yeah, it was an AAU game. I was in eighth grade. No, no, no. It was a B, like a like a Boston tournament league uh, in Boston. I was in eighth grade. Yep. What, what did the other eighth graders do when you dunked on them? I actually did dunk on somebody, my first dunk in the game. <laughs> it was my brother actually caught it. It was on YouTube. So I was like, my first dunk in the game, I actually dunked on somebody. It was, I mean, I didn't know he was coming. So it was kind of like I had my mindset on dunking the ball. So he was just there and he hit me and I dunked it. It was a tough finish. What's that like to be in the eighth grade and be able to dunk on people? It was cool. I was like really athletic early. So that helped me out a lot. And I grew five inches going into freshman year. You were a great get in the recruiting world for the University of Miami, one of the highest recruits. Why the University of Miami? What attracted you to the University of Miami? The coaches kept it real. And during my recruiting process, I didn't answer anybody. And Coach L was still the one to text me every day, even if it was like a quote or just saying what's up. Because I just wanted to see if they would stick around. Text me every day. And then when I went on my visit, it was like they didn't lie to me. They didn't say I was going to come in and start right away. I needed to work for everything I got. And then we were just on the same page about me getting to the next level. Did you like wanting to have to fight for your job? For sure. Like I there, right? Davon, Jaquan killed me and pick up every day. The first, I want to say the first few weeks I was there, I was like, man, I got to get better. 
because Quan and Davon were killing me, like taking turns. And me being a competitor, I hated it. So I got in the gym, got better, and that slowly started to, to go away. You know, it's a good point because some guys will, you know, they go to where there are a lot of young players. You came to a program where there were older players, Davon, Jaquan, Kamari. Those are older guys. Yep. Maybe you learn a lot from them and also probably a pretty good way to figure out how you measure up. Mm-hmm. For right. sure. Murph was, was really huge for me, just him talking to me early because I, need, I needed that. Like, my confidence was a little shot because I was like, I'm coming in five-star and I'm getting killed. Like, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Um, but he was like, it happens. You're going to be playing older people. They're smarter. They're stronger. They know how to play the game. So you just got to work on your craft, get better, learn the game, and you'll be great. Was that self-doubt something that was peculiar to you? No, I never, I never experienced that before. That was the first time. Well, uh, certainly didn't last that long. Your best memory of the University of Miami. I'm going to give you a couple choices. Maybe you'll have something else. 30-point game against North Carolina. Triple-double against Gardner-Webb. Triple-double against South Carolina State. Three-pointer in overtime at Virginia. I would say the triple-double against South Carolina State because my uncle passed away that day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was huge for me. And then after that, it would have to be Virginia. That that three was huge going to, to seal, going to the tournament. Yeah. I mean, that was an incredible week, by the way. You, you won that game on a Monday night at Virginia in overtime. You hit the three, I think, right out of the corner. And that's a tough place to play. Tough place. Tough right. place. They, they play defense. Boxing and el- boxes and elbows. You know what I liked about that particular game or, or, or sequence was you beat Virginia, you nailed the three to win the game in overtime. Don Shula used to say, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, would always say, well, if you got a great win, in order to make that great win meaningful, you got to win the next one. Mm-hmm. And for you guys, you remember who the next one was? Mm-mm. Duke. At home? At home. And you got the game, you, you ended the game on a slam dunk. Yeah, I remember. I think I had 25 against Duke that, yeah. that game. I had a pretty good game. Conversely, the next year, do you remember the Loyola-Chicago game? Guy hits a half-court shot, pretty much. Yeah, well, yeah I was. Well, what did you think? I was pretty pissed just because I couldn't be out there with the guys. And then actually carried over to Summer League because we, the dude who hit the shot, we played him in Summer League. <laughs> and I talked to him twice the whole game. The whole game. I was so locked in just because I was so pissed I couldn't be out there with the guys. Yeah, he got it. He got it. That summer league game. He played with the Chicago Bulls. Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy ups official logistics company of miami athletics university of miami football you became a university of miami football fan mm-hmm. while you were at the university of miami right yep i went to almost every game um and then i actually came back and watched the game i was at the game in toledo toledo yeah right? we saw you yeah. at toledo it was at the game in toledo so i'm always locked in when the canes play what do you like about university of miami football 
I mean, just I was watching all the 30 for 30s because I didn't know much growing up. I didn't really watch any football growing up. I watched all the 30 for 30s. And then I had all like the friendships like DJ, everybody that's in the NFL now, David and Joku. So just meeting those guys when I was there made it easier and better to watch. Does that create, you know, I think people don't see that element of college where you're a great basketball player, but you might be around great football players. So there's probably some kind of common ground that you find in college. Yeah, we're all competitive. We always talk smack when we see each other. And it was just great to see them guys and great to, I mean, you always see a teammate 24 seven, but it's great to see other people too when you're walking around campus. And then we all, we have study hall together. We have classes together. So building a friendship was huge. Lonnie Walker, he's in the league. How often do you cross paths with him? We text back and forth through DMs and, and my phone. But now they have COVID, so they, they're dealing with that right now. But he's going to be <laughs> – that man is different. He was really good at basketball. Yeah, um, He's coming on. Once he it? starts to figure it out, he's going to be really good. When you guys were together, you didn't get a chance to really play together that much because mm-hmm. of the injury. Was, was that a, a big disappointment for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he told me he came to Miami because of me, and, and I stayed because of him. Um, he was coming in, so we wanted to do big things. But then – uh, he had his meniscus at the beginning of the year, and then I had my foot. So um, it was just tough. We were in, dealing with injuries. When you did play together, it was a heck of a combination and very tough to stop. Uh, Steve Nash, wh- what's he like? Good dude, good coach, confident in all his players. Gives his, he's kind of like Coach O. He gives all his players a green light within their role. So I know what I can do out there and, and not have a leash. So I, I love that. Does he break out any film of himself? <laughs> nah, he hasn't yet. I mean, he was pretty uh, he good, you know, right? Yeah, he should have. He should have in Phoenix, but he hasn't yet. Uh, he's really a uh, really humble guy. Uh, you would never know that he was an MVP. So was, I'm happy that uh, I'm to be coached by him. What, what's the difference being coached in the NBA to being coached in college basketball? Some guys, some teams in the NBA, the heck, they thought perhaps your team almost would be self-coached, but. How, how does the coach interact in the NBA? How is that different from college? Um, I feel like college is more, it's more hands-on. Like everything we do, like co- coach is there um, and, and it is looking over. But now being in the league, you kind of control of your own game. Like when you're going in early to work out, you don't see Coach Nash yet. We have player development mm-hmm. and uh, other guys there. But you can go in and see him and talk to him. If you want to break down film, he's always there. But just on the aspect of that, it's a little different. Do you have pregame scouting reports? Yes. And are you expected to memorize them or know them well? Definitely know well. Know everybody that's going to play, know their tendencies. Me, I just look out, try to know everybody's tendencies, who's coming in the game, what they like to do, if they're a shooter, they drive right, drive left, what hand they like to finish with, uh, stuff like that. What's it been like in COVID with no fans? It's been tough. It's been really – this summer arena is just really dead. Um, so you got to bring your own energy. But then you play in Arizona, and they have a lot of fans there. So it was really fun to play in front of fans finally. When you made that trip to Arizona, of course, that mentioned Steve Nash. He played there. So it was a yeah. big deal for him. Big deal. And I think it was the first game they, they had, like, 3,000 fans. I think usually they had, like, 1,000. And then that was, like, the first game they had 3,000. So – when they announced Steve was was back. They went crazy for him. How do you deal with the, uh, you know, the games come at you fast. Mm-hmm. 
how do you deal with the ups and downs? You win, but then you could be on a three-game losing streak or whatever. How do you yeah, deal I with you, you can lose uh, more in one week than you lose in college in a year. Yeah, you have a short-term memory loss. You, you deal with it that night, and then the next day, it's a new day. Um, you got to move on. You can't dwell on the past. Uh, just move on to the next game and try to take care of the next game. Does it affect uh, your family at all when you're in a losing streak? Where do you try to separate that? No, nah, no, nah, not really. I mean, it just depends. Um, there's some games I take definitely more to heart. If I knew I could have played well uh, and done better, then I, I'll kind of silence my phone for the night. But no, nah, it doesn't affect my family at all. When you were at the UM, what'd you like about the academic part of it? Uh, you got small campus and people forget about that you actually, you know, kids do go to school. I just liked how I always had help when I needed it. And then we had certain times where we had to get eight hours a week for study hall. So you had to do your work. You were there. They made it easy for you to do your work. You had your tutors and then Mildred Trahan when she was there. She, I, she's not there anymore, but she helped me out. She was more than just my academic advisor. I talked to her about everything, um, even if it was on, on or off the court. And she was there. She was, she was huge for me when I was there. How much did you like South Florida when you were here? Oh, it was amazing. Weather every day was 80, 70 in the winter. But I went from Miami to Detroit, so that was tough. I had no winter clothes. We have to make this local also. You, you played against the Miami Heat. When you go against the Heat, what are you expecting? Oh, uh, they're just going to play hard. Always. They're going to give it 100%. They're dogs. They play tough. Jimmy Butler is a tough superstar. Um, nothing was ever given to him, so he goes out there and take it. Um, you just got to know you got to be ready when you play them guys. You mentioned Jimmy Butler, and I look at him, and I think to myself, man, that's just size and strength. How much of an adjustment was that for you, this, the speed and the strength? I think the strength was was definitely big because I didn't realize how big, how tall people were and how physical they were because um, I guarded Jimmy when he was in Philly, I think my rookie year, and he gave me hell, posting me up. And like, I'm a pretty strong guy. And he was moving me like I was nothing. It was him and, him and DeMar DeRozan were posting me up and moving me like I, was, I wasn't I was even there. Uh, so I definitely had to get in the weight room and work on a few things. You have to be honest in a game. If that's happening, go to, go to your coach and say, I'm having a tough time with this dude. Yeah, I just, had, I just started to white. I started to front, trying to deny the ball. And then maybe we switched on. I think, I think with DeMar, we switched. I switched to, to guard somebody else. But yeah, my rookie, yeah, that was tough. Them two. We're trying to post me up most of the game, and it was tough. Most people talk about the NBA, you know, how close the games are. You were in a league and on a team where you play in the house of close games. Does that help you with the NBA games? Because a lot of those games are decided in the last three minutes. Yeah. Me being a defender, I want to be out there at the end of those games. Uh, I want to be guarding the best offensive player on our other team. So I kind of take pride in that. What about your journey? We talked a bit about your mom and dad, but who's had the biggest impact for you on your journey from – AAU, high school, college, into the NBA? Uh, I want to say Leo Papil. If it wasn't for Leo Papil, I don't know if I would be here. My AAU coach from high school. I think that was my second AAU team I played on, but he told me one thing. He said, North and South, not East and West on the floor. Because he told me not to dance. That's not my game. Uh, he kept it real with me. Um, he, he said, you could be a pro, but you got to put the work in. You got to put the time in, and uh, you can get there. He believed in me, so... The biggest thing was he was tough on me, and I needed that. You like that, though. The tougher it is, the better for Bruce Brown. Yeah, I definitely needed that. He would call me every name in the book, and he'll knew that get my blood going and get me 
get me locked into the game, and, and I definitely needed that. What, what would you say to somebody that is getting ready to play for Coach L? You got to be locked in. But Coach L is a good dude. Um, you could go to him, talk to him about anything. I'm um, going to watch a lot of film, um, and then you got to learn. You can't go out there and make the same mistake that you're making a week ago because he, he picks up on that. Yeah, that's got to help you in the league, right? Because you're sure. not going to tolerate mistakes. For sure. What about playing in the ACC? You played against great players. How important was that? Uh, it's, it's crazy because you play against some of the ACC players now in the league. Played against Theo when he was in the he was at UNC, um, and then the guys who I'm playing with. Some of them played in, in the ACC before I even got there. Because I was talking to Mon Shumper, who went to Georgia uh, Georgia Tech. He was saying he was killing Miami uh, on the bench, and I was like, Yeah, that's not happening. I don't think that that happened. But yeah, I mean, it was tough. You're playing against good players. They're going to be first round. Some some going to be first round picks, second round picks. Uh, they're going to have a, a good career in this league. So just knowing where you match up and where you measure up against those guys was, was cool. You will see a lot of guys that you played against inside the ACC. Um, and those games, there's no, like I said, no room for error. So probably not much room for, for error in the NBA. And, and you probably feel a little bit of a responsibility. I mean, you're playing on a superstar team. Yeah, every possession counts. Coach Nass always talks about we got lower lower our turnovers. And it's crazy because some games we'll shoot 20 less shots than the other team and still win. Can Harden make a shot from anywhere? Anywhere. <laughs> All of them can make shots from literally anywhere. If you guys, now I guess some talk about, the, you know, the emphasis on offense with the Nets. But in the league, if a team wants to shut you down, can they shut a team down? Teams can really defend at the NBA level. Shut us down? Well, any, anybody. Not, not you, no. but if, if teams make an effort. With our team, the way we're built, I don't. that's not possible. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's no way they can, they can shut us down. The scores we have, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's really it, – it, it might be impossible. All right. Well, you've been a great guest on our, on our podcast here, and we very much enjoy – watching you play. It's been a really good episode of Behind the U uh, with Bruce Brown. And we're going to keep uh, keep an eye on you in the NBA. Hope you keep an eye on us. Oh, for sure. Always. I'm always locked into the Kings. All right, Bruce. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it.